I've got some bad news, folks. Christmas is going to be canceled. Where's Christmas? Lisa, where's Christmas? Ken will never find us now. This just in from the Weather Bureau. A severe storm warning is now in effect for the entire mountain region. All roads have been closed until further notice. Oh, no. What about Grandma? What about Christmas? I'm not going to that Christmas show, and I'm not playing Santa. But Mikey, everyone's counting on you. I don't care. Santa's a big fake, and Christmas is a big lie, and I just won't take part in it. Kids were right. There's no Christmas here. Just how are we going to have the best Christmas ever? Hope for a miracle? Welcome back to Princess Jafar's Christmas is Cancelled. I'm Princess Jafar. And Christmas is canceled. Um, what we're going to be doing on today's episode is just like every other episode, we're going to be diving into an, a beloved family classic. Today is Mad TV's 1996 Christmas special from their first season. I have a beloved guest joining us today. That's Amanda Reed. Um, we're going to be right back, though, after this word of interest from our sponsor. Were you left at the altar on Christmas Eve? Call 134-PRINCESS now. Welcome back to the pod. We are here on Princess Jafar's Christmas is Cancelled with Amanda Reed, journalist, comedian, and woman about town. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Princess Jafar. Thank you for having me here. Long time no see. I, I believe the last time we saw each other was on a Zoom call. Yes, except our Zoom call was at five in the morning for my little show called um, the PG-13 Power Hour. Um, it was very fun. Um, we learned that a sandwich is a sandwich, but a manwich is a meal. Education right here. Um, and we had a great time. And now I'm very, very happy to be back having an even better time talking about Mad TV, which for me as a young person, even though, like, again, I was born in 96, but for some reason, when I was like 10 in art class in middle school, you would watch Mad TV sketches. I shit you not, which is so wild. I'm looking at them now as an older person. So I have just like fond memories of like watching um, the like, can I have your number sketch? <laughs> like, I think that's how I was introduced to Mad TV was the was like the can I have your number sketch? And then I went on like a YouTube deep dive. And was oh just like, gosh. oh, here's Tickle Me Emo and like Stuart and <laughs> all of this like wild stuff. Um, but actually, Princess Jafar, would you like a little bit of a history lesson on Mad TV? Yes, I would love. I would love that. Oh my I, gosh! Yes. Uh, as as a consummate professional, I did do my research. So, um, sure. Mad TV. Uh, debuted in 1995 on, I believe, Fox. And I'm pretty sure up until that time, like SNL, like Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, was sort of like the only, you know, late night sketch show. Um, and it was based off of Mad Magazine, which I'm not sure if you're aware of Mad Magazine. It's um, a magazine for people who are way too into fart jokes. It's a lot of satire. It's very crass in its nature. Um, the spy versus spy bit 
that is sometimes in the show is from the magazine. Um, and it's kind of wild. Like there have been some actual icons, like literal actual comedy icons who have like come out of this show. Like Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele who would, you know, come back together for Key and Peele. Um, Alex Borstein, who's on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, Family Guy. <clears throat> we love her, Family Guy. Mm -hmm. um, and then, oh my God, this other woman, her name is slipping my mind, but she's literally the voice mm -hmm. of Shigo on Kim Possible. Um, like- Oh, that's Nicole like, Sullivan. Nicole Sullivan, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Ike Barinholtz was on Mad TV, Bobby Lee. Like, and it's wild, like you look, it was, uh, what was it? I think they had um, their last episode in 2009. Um, I'm pretty sure because at the time, like SNL was like really, really killing it in like the late 2010s. Um, and I think like they were on at the same time, like SNL was on at 11, Mad TV was on at 11. And, um, I'm not sure how the ratings were, but I'm pretty sure that the producers of Mad TV were like, all right, we cannot compete. Um, everyone came back for a reunion special for the 20th anniversary in 2015. Um, and honestly, uh, unfortunately, I, and we can get more into this as we talk about the Christmas episode, but oh my God, like, what wild material on this show? Yeah, reviewing it. Okay, the last time I saw this episode was when it aired. Mm -hmm. um, because I had a very weird childhood. There just weren't parents anywhere to be found. Mm -hmm. um, and we, weren't, we were not bad kids. We weren't like setting fires and stuff. But we were just watching anything on TV. And we didn't have cable. So it wasn't like we mm -hmm. could see Skinamax and stuff like that. But there was still a lot of inappropriate material on basic antenna TV, mm -hmm. like after school, um, Jerry Springer changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, and then oh, on the yeah. weekends, <laughs> on the weekends, it was literally, we would stay up. We'd probably take an, a nap in the afternoon because I don't know how an eight-year-old would stay up until two in the morning watching mm -hmm. stuff, but we would. We'd watch SNL and then we would watch, um, Maybe we watched Mad TV, SNL, and then Late Night at the Apollo. I can't mm -hmm. remember the exact order, but those three shows were always on, like, Saturday night, late night. Um, and I remember watching this episode specifically, and I remember Polly Shore's rant and being so uncomfortable by it. Like, as an eight-year-old, like, what the hell's going on? Right. Um, the material wasn't completely foreign to me. I was, you know, I had a lot of aunts with a lot of abusive you know, husbands, boyfriends, I understood all mm -hmm. that, but, like, I just think I loved Pauly Shore so much at this time, and to have him, like, say all this stuff, it was a little much for me. Um, yeah, re-watching this now, I'm, like, I can't, I cannot believe that, like, my third grade brain was taking all this in, but it just makes sense for who I am today. Right? Um, I, I literally think about, like, <laughs> the kind of humor that I'm into, and I'm, like, oh, it's probably because I watched, like, I feel like, yeah, like I definitely watch too much Mad TV and <laughs> and like dumb stuff on TikTok makes me laugh now. And like, oh, mm -hmm. it's absolutely because of dumb stuff on Mad TV. 
Um, so my whole life, I thought that Lauren Michaels produced Mad TV and SNL. Okay. But I don't think that's true. <clears throat> um, that would be juicy no, he did, if he so. Did, I if know, because there was that whole thing where, like, the same manager was managing NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Oh. And they were just pitting them. It was just to pit them against each other. Like, it was literally a campaign. Like, they, it was not real. I love that. I wow. fell for it. I chose Backstreet Boys. <laughs> That's Did you crazy. have to choose or were you a little too young for that um, decision? No, um, honestly, I'm probably going <laughs> to actually say sync just because of the sync Christmas album, yeah. which I mean, slaps it's obvious to choose NSYNC. Mm-hmm. Yes, we should, have a, we should have a podcast dedicated to that album. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But, uh, you know, the Hanson Christmas songs, though, oh, those are real classics. Okay. Although, the, um, like the, I thought. I was going to say that the Hansons, unfortunately, are in some hot water as, as of this moment. Um, <laughs> What's because, going on? Tell me. <laughs> um, I think they, oh, someone said some uh, coronavirus nonsense. Hold on. Hanson coronavirus. <laughs> okay. I Just speaks in... into my phone. Hey, Siri, what's the tea on Hanson? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, while you're looking that up. I, I spent a few years in Columbus, Ohio, at Ohio State. There's a lot of concerts that came in and out. The only show I ever saw people lined up for a few days beforehand was Hanson. Mm-hmm. Those Hanson fans are crazy. And they're lined up at the theater, and literally they do not need to be. No one else is trying to see your Hanson except for you. You're fine. But I think they just wanted first to like be at front row to see Zach. Ooh, um, I literally, I know someone who has seen Hanson like 20 plus times. Oh, I can't find it. Oh goodness, this is going to bother me so much. Anyway, the, if, if you're listening at home, uh, yes. uh, don't pay attention to my hearsay, uh, but maybe do some Googling. Yeah, this is not a Hanson cancellation podcast. We are really just trying to bring the facts. So exactly, we are trying- Formed Hanson listener. Exactly. And you can just be an ethical consumer. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how ethical it is to consume Hanson, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so Mad TV, um, yeah, there was also at the time, um, I think maybe just three years prior, In Living Color had been canceled mm-hmm. or two years prior, which is a, a, a total shame um, because. SNL is giving so many is given so many passes on having five six year periods where nothing is funny and they never get canceled, and I just wish that um, uh, Mad TV and In Living Color had those chances because Mad TV is a very um, black cast over the years and it is like yeah. a very person of color com- comedian show comedian of color show yeah which is which is great because like. As a, as a lady comedian, um, I've been to so many open mics where yeah. it's just like dudes being like, I'm going to say the most edgy thing I can on the stage. Um, and, it, and it's going to be funny. And everyone else like who isn't a white dude is like, oh, right. mm, not this, not this. Again, oh, because it's they always say like the same joke like at every open mic. So it's like, oh, this is my thirtieth time hearing this 
stupid joke. Oh my gosh. They're literally workshopping the same joke. They don't have any like rule. There's no rules in stand-up comedy. Um, it depends. It depends. Like, um, it doesn't happen like all the time, but I feel like, um, like, uh, like TJ Miller was recently like sort of canceled because Uh he made a bunch of bomb threats and is like not a good person, TLDR. Um, isn't it weird and when I, they play these terrible people and then they actually are are terrible? It's yeah, like, all uh-huh. right. <laughs> You're not an actor. <laughs> You're not an actor. Um, but he came to the Pittsburgh improv, I think like shortly mm-hmm. after his cancellation. Um, so it, it's just sort of like any comedy scene like across the US. You know, like I mean, yeah. there are there are like some really, really good people. And like if uh, shameless plug, if you post corona like when it is safe to do an open mic like the um the pittsburgh open mic scene is really really supportive but like don't be an edgelord you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like there's there's no there's no space for edgelords um we, we've surpassed the need <laughs> for edgelords yeah we're only looking for edge surfs right now oh exactly um except a stream edgelord by dorian electra featuring rebecca black oh my god Bob. Bop. It's only like a two-minute song, too, right? Oh, it's very short, and Rebecca it's... Black is like iconically beautiful. The and... hottest person ever. Oh, I was my... so shocked. Was and so she's queer. Better be. It's Friday. <laughs> Bitch. It's Friday somewhere. <laughs> Honestly, that song really holds up. It does. Um, it's funny. I think that going back to the um yeah. this special, um, there was that one sketch with the rake where it was like, look at how much this rake picks up. And honestly, I'm sold. Like I, I would buy that from a Home Depot. I oh, don't, yeah. Leaves feel weird. You ever okay. feel a leaf? You ever- I feel personally attacked right now. Keep going. Um, so listen, I'm, I'm gonna make a very controversial statement. I think huh? jumping into piles of leaves is a little overrated. Because there have been moments where I jump into a pile of leaves and then I'm like, oh, there's a bug on me. And it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. Um, I had that coming of age moment as like a fourth or fifth grader because as a kid, mm -hmm. I was very allergic. And I was just told, like, you're allergic to grass and the leaves and anything can make you sick. mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to sneeze right now as I'm saying that. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, I didn't Price sneeze. It's it's still at the tip of my nose. I can feel it. <laughs> be with me the whole episode. But um, yeah, I jumped into a pile of leaves as like a fourth or fifth grader for like the first time in my childhood, and mm-hmm. I remember sitting in those leaves and being like, "This is it," and then starting to feel the bugs, starting to feel the itch and the gro- And I was like, "Ah, get me out of here!" I was like, "Get me out I'm of definitely here!" Definitely a gay kid. I was like, "I do not need to be in a pile of leaves." <laughs> However, walking on leaves on the sidewalk with a little crunchy crunch, ooh, un- yeah, ASMR, love it. Oh, yeah. That can stay. I just think it's funny that you're mentioning leaves right now because literally yesterday I raked a yard for the first time in my life. Oh, Because I'm, I'm a nanny right now. I'm living in a house with a family who has an 18-month-old. And I'm like, okay, I'm raking leaves. Um, it's very weird to me. Because, I don't know, I'm just that kind of, like, I'm that kind of socialist anarchist who's, like, fuck yard work. What mm-hmm. the, f- you want me to clean a yard? Are you, that's, like, to me, that's, like, 
my rights. Like, those are my rights. Yeah, like, absolutely not. Um, Like, down with modern gardening. Like, I'm not going to mow the grass. I'm just going to let everything grow wild and beautiful. We, we don't need fancy lines in the lawn from the lawnmower. I'm going to get some goats. Yes. You know, live my cottagecore fantasy. No, 100%. And, yeah, this rake, I actually thought was one of the funniest parts of this whole special yeah very subtle very understated like the, the jokes never went crazy mm-hmm. because what what's happening in, in the audience is a normal commercial but actually this is like 90s style pretty much the same as our um infomercials now but this person has a rake that folds in on itself so it can like pick up the leaves like a sandwich a little bit mm-hmm. and um like a napkin and they just keep putting like lavender lilacs pine cones soft pine cones large sticks small debris i think i think miscellaneous rocks really got me that was the line where it's like pebbles stones miscellaneous rocks it's like um it's like when you have an essay and you need to like get to the word count (laughs) yes it it was funny i don't know like you i feel like today it would have been like a baby Mm-hmm. Uh, a, de- uh, a, a voting booth like it would have just had to go somewhere large and I oh, love yeah. that it stayed small mm-hmm. it stayed realistic it, it never really broke realism like it, it could have been a commercial on TV oh absolutely and speaking of commercials that could have been on TV here's a commercial from one of our sponsors All I want for Christmas is my Princess Jafar Christmas is canceled t-shirt only on princessjafar.threadless.com. Although, like, speaking of the jokes, like, I feel like there were some really, really good concepts. Like, um, the, the Rudolph Godfather one. Like, I think mm-hmm. that is, I think that is so funny. We love a stop motion moment, you know? Yes. Classic. Um, okay, wait, I looked into that because that person who I might have to like splice in his name in a second because mm-hmm. I wrote it down and I don't see it now. Oh, wait, maybe it's I have two notepads, but um, he has actually been accepted into the Rankin Bass worlds of Rudolph. Oh, um, because let me see. Yeah, I can't find that note. It's okay. But um we'll fix it in post. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get this guy's name because he's probably Rudolph. <clears throat> Anyways, he has done the um Rudolph parodies for like three other shows. Okay, icon. So he's like the official Rudolph parody artist. That's let me see. Make and like money. the company, yeah, like Rankin Bass, who makes Rudolph, like doesn't hate him. And he calls it Bank and Rass. <laughs> um, so our first podcast episode was all about Rudolph, and I had a very special guest come on um who was in the uh touring Broadway play for like two years. Okay, wow. And so the Rudolph people, their name is Rankin Bass, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was so funny. At the end of the interview with this person, with Nick, um, I was like, okay, we're going to play a game. It's called Rankin Bass. We're going to be ranking pictures of trout. And I totally stole it from your... <laughs> I'm an icon! <laughs> yeah. 
And he was like, what? And I was like, I'm just kidding. The interview's <laughs> over. We're not going to be ranking Trout. But I thought that was funny. I thought I, I was like, this is... Oh, thank you. I love that. <laughs> yes. Oh because goodness. when I visited Amanda, Amanda had me judging pictures of piggies. Yeah. And making um, so, up funny names for them. <laughs> um, so the concept was called Hog Review. Um, because it was <laughs> yeah. like my early morning, late night inspired show was... Um, like inspired by like um like double entendres and like late night skinamax and like the mm -hmm. feeling of being really really young and just staying up way too late and like um like flipping it's like the like the first time your parents like get comcast and you have like the upper level <laughs> channels and you're like what's this going on uh the ifc channel oh it's a movie about people having threesomes i'll watch this my parents are asleep um so yeah so uh, it's called hog review we um rated pictures of pigs and guinea pigs because mm -hmm. we, we love rodents in this house because we do we do we stand a rodent <laughs> um okay wait we skipped over one sketch though the thing started with Jesus's surprise party. Yeah, which I mean, I really, I do love that concept. Um, but like, I, I there weren't any jokes. Like, I, I really True. didn't laugh. It was more like, no, like, oh my god. Even though like Jesus is all knowing and all seeing, he's like hitting people. I was like, uh, okay, sure, yeah. Jan. I mean, yeah, sure, Jan is right. I really feel. Um, in this season one, you can really see that, like, the audience is, like, literal children and grown adult children. Because, mm -hmm. like, some of these jokes are literally, like, what if Jesus hits us with a pinata stick? Like, that is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, others, there's, like, a crazy soliloquy later. Like, I'm like, what? Although I did love, I did love when they brought that back at the end, the Last Supper <laughs> reference. I was like, okay, that is, we love like subtle <laughs> nods to um, like actual historical references, like in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we love his historical, his, bleh, historical accuracy. That's what we're here as, for. Uh, yes, as accurate as you can be. Um. um okay, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna talk about um the the sketch where um i i thought this woman was gonna be iconic like i saw her like working in the mall with her mm -hmm. little elf outfit and her stripper yeah. shoes and i was like all right you waste the boss's dollar working for five dollars an hour which i'm pretty sure was the minimum wage at the time like yeah work that seasonal job you know get that right. money get out of there um, and then she ended up being absolutely rude and fat phobic and anti-Semitic uh -huh. and like literally ruined, I mean, I, literally ruining Christmas. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. I hate this. Okay. I only had a problem with it because usually when they're mean to kids in media, mm -hmm. the kid isn't there. It's a trick shot. Like the yeah. kid's in the first scene and then they cut to the adult actor berating the kid. But in this, they didn't do that. The kids were literally right there. Like the literal fat actor was called fat and made fun of as like a 10 year old. He had to go home and tell his friends, I got an acting job. 
watch me on Mad TV, and it just gave them ammunition to make fun of this kid more. Like, Listen, I'm sure it was not cool. I, I hope all of those children in that sketch, like, yeah. have their equity card or had their, or, like, had some sort of, like, actor's union protection. Yeah. Like, all right, um, sorry, we got to cut. It's time for the kids, like, union-mandated nap. And, by the way, we love a union. Um, yes, we love a but, union. Um, but oh my god, but yeah. also, though, she's beautiful. That was okay. So, Nicole Sullivan as Santa Claus's elf helper was one of the first um Facebook photos I used that wasn't my assigned gender at birth. Mm-hmm. So, it was one of my first like ways of expressing myself, um, in that transient way, um, mm-hmm. was through Nicole Sullivan's visage, and now, like. But at the time when I picked that photo, I just picked a beautiful photo of Nicole Sullivan mm-hmm. in this Santa Claus outfit. Um, but, and it was like a, um, a Polaroid picture. Like it was definitely one of the stills from those um, buffer that they make. Like they have mm-hmm. these commercial buffers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was one of the stills from that. And now just seeing the context of that character and knowing that I had that as a profile picture for so long, I hope that someone assumed that I was actually aligning with her morals. <laughs> but it was not an endorsement of her character, just of her beauty. Just of her beauty. Honestly, yeah. Um, it's no thought November. Just tell me, I'm just, I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm not gonna, my two brain cells have worked overtime for the past four months. They're on vacation until the end of the year. Um, I will be just, uh online shopping i'm i i'm referencing yeah. a tiktok but right now um Mm-mm. i'll be online shopping scamming men for money all that jazz um the okay um with the fruitcake one where he was comparing yeah. fruitcake to santa fruitcake can legally drive made me laugh but i think you know like i don't see the difference between driving a sled with eight reindeer and a stick shift like i be- i fully believe that like santa in the north pole like drives mm-hmm. a lambo when he's not like <laughs> delivering presents um so i don't know i feel like that the like the the joke was kind of there like aha uh-huh, like fruit fruitcake can drive because it's it's not you know doing the whole sled thing but i was like 18 years old maybe or 16, because it's 16 years old. Is that the yeah. joke too? Yeah. Like. I was confused. And then, I and was then at confused. The, at the very end, he was, he said something about like, oh, like fruitcake's delicious and Santa's not delicious. And I'm like, fruitcake is not delicious. Who, who in their right mind thinks fruitcake's yeah. actually delicious? Well, that was what was so confusing because there's like things you can rely on in tv and you can always rely on tv that fruitcake is not good that fruitcake mm-hmm. is the butt of the joke peewee's yeah. christmas special the whole time they're like he's receiving fruitcakes for christmas so like haha jokes on him they like broke a law of tv comedy that like fruitcakes are bad i was mm-hmm. i was very confused by it i did not know what was going on because yeah. it seemed like he was more pro fruitcake than pro santa but i also love the black santa representation oh i loved that too without saying anything nothing was said so this scene is from orlando jones i, I was really trying to say orlando bloom <laughs> <laughs> orlando jones i feel like i don't know why but like 
with these like more personal ones I feel like the actor wrote it as well mm-hmm. like or that he was and I think Orlando Jones is credited in the writing at the end of the episode oh yeah that's awesome but um it was weird we went from fruitcake and then to this Rudolph did you have anything else to say about the Rudolph sketch um Oh my god, it was super, super violent. Because um, I mean, again, <laughs> yes. like it is referencing the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, it's like a, um, it walked so that robot chicken can run, kind of. Thing. Oh, oh, absolutely, I agree. Um, not again, like the rake really won my heart, but um, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it, didn't love it. However, yeah. the college admissions thing, that one. I did not love the concept. We all know that college is a scam and it's all about nepotism and who you know. And like, it's literally like an Ivy League college. The concept maybe was like funny of like, haha, they just want to know like how well you can party. But I not, I feel like if you go to an Ivy League or like one of those like very competitive, like an MIT, um like one of those like <laughs> smart I don't want to say smart people because half of the people there like have donated money but like those like this yeah. is an elite university university half mm-hmm. the time I'm pretty sure those kids like they're just like in the library because they have so much anxiety about getting anything less than an A <laughs> yeah. so and like also the abuse of power at the very end was just like no hate that mm-hmm. not this yeah it was uh i'm not sure it's just weird because i think you know to a 15 year old watching this that could be funny mm-hmm. but i mean i think these sketches are holding up better than a lot of snl sketches oh yeah but I don't know. know. I'm just like even thinking about like when I was watching this, I'm like, okay, what's the one SNL or or, like what are some of the SNL holiday sketches that I remember? And I remember Mm -hmm. Sweaty Balls, which is like Mm -hmm. the same like crude humor. And then I also, I think I remember like Adam Sandler's like Hanukkah song. Yeah. Um, So it's, so they're both still sort of in that vein of like, this is just silly and the silliness of it all is um like where the comedy is yeah and um this is this the same actor who's in the um uh the child santa claus story Um... where um where like he he sees santa claus hit his head and then like He's like, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's the same lead character uh, who is um, Brian Callen. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But Brian Callen and David Herman are like the leads of this season who we don't really remember anymore. Um, It's just interesting to see like Deborah Wilson and Phil Lamar and Orlando Jones. They're like all like voice and Nicole Sullivan. They're like all voice acting gods now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like Phil Lamar especially, but um and then Orlando Jones just came back into the Zeitgeist with um The Watchmen. Series. Oh yeah, yeah, on HBO. Yeah, he was kicked off. Wa- 
I still need to watch that. Yeah, I have a really hard time watching like actiony superhero stuff. I need it to be like vetted by society mm -hmm. first for like four years, and then someone's like, "Oh, it's been five years. You didn't see Watchmen?" I'm like, "No." They're like, "Well, you need you need to watch it." I'm like, "Okay." Oh wait, now uh, I will. Because there's there's Watchmen the movie, and then Watchmen the HBO. Are you talking about yeah. the HBO short? Uh, I'm talking about the HBO short, but I'm just talking about action Anything? movies in general i yeah. wait because i'm like i don't want to see it when it's brand new and y'all think it's good and it's not like, yeah no absolutely right um although i will say um uh uh florence Pugh as um black widow's like assassin sister that's that's the only reason why I was gonna go watch Black Widow in theaters. Oh, okay. Was to watch my icon goddess yeah. Florence Pugh just like fake a Russian accent and like kick some ass. The the love her. Um, speaking of the um Santa uh uh what is it um concussion sketch yeah. thing um when I I like. I like the concept of like Santa, Santa forgot that it's Christmas, but I feel like even like for 1996 though, like Santa forgot Christmas, like I, I feel like that's like a basic like holiday movie plot. Like that could be a Hallmark movie, you know, like, like Santa forgot Christmas and we're trying to like bring his memory back. Yeah. I mean, Maybe it's just um, the, the fact that it's, okay, so I think what's happening is like what happens in The Simpsons sometimes, like mm -hmm. where like in the first season of The Simpsons, they're like, let's get chocolate, chocolate chunk ice cream. And at the time that was like a huge joke. And now it's like, that's just a normal flavor. Yeah. Um, I think what's happening with this sketch is that like the um, parody wasn't high enough. And like, yeah. they are like, those were the movies at the time was mm -hmm. like, Santa Claus it's basically like the Santa Claus with Tim Tim Allen yeah, um, yeah. but yeah the joke the jokes didn't go far enough and um I don't know I really appreciate that the jokes didn't go far enough because it's always my critique of SNL is like cut this speaking of knowing when to cut Princess Jafar's Christmas is canceled we'll be right back hey it's Lynn from Half Fat Productions wishing you happy holidays even though Christmas is canceled you can still stuff your stockings with a sack full of singles from Linstar, Quiet, Cello, El Bouye, and Shaki Shaki at HighFiveMusic.co. That's .co. While you're there, pick up some of our latest merch for yourself or your loved ones. We have tees, sweatshirts, and beanies ready for cold winter nights. Baby, pull me close. Want nothing in between us. Let's join our souls. Let's get mixed. But it is like, what, 20, 25 years old now? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm 24 old. and I was born yeah. in 96. So. Yeah. So it's right there. So, and I would love to. Oh, one more thing about this Santa concussion thing. This features Billy Barty. This is our Billy Barty moment of the podcast. Little Billy Barty, God rest. Oh, my um, goodness. This is our fourth episode, and so far, Billy Barty has appeared in two of four. And I think he's going to come up in a lot because he is a, a little person actor. And um, 
he okay i already said this last episode but it's just so amazing when you go to his imdb it will say like willow and legend and a bunch of like 80s um like science fiction type you know fantasy movies Mm -hmm. um because that's what the actors were getting hired for at the time but if you like actually click on all his film history he worked from 1927 to 2001 that's incredible i mean like he's human so he had to die but he had a longer work history than Mickey Mouse. Like Mickey Mouse started in 1928 and he started in 1927. Like, wow. that's wild to me. So I think I want to have a Billy Barty moment like every episode. Absolutely. <laughs> Just like, all right, um, have we reached the point of the podcast where we mention Billy Barty? Oh, yeah, we I'm haven't? Not- oh, okay, so um, this is how he ties into this <laughs> film somehow. Exactly. We might have to like rework it into the first episode because we did not mention him during Rudolph. And that is a sham and a shame. I'm sure he influenced the movie somehow. Absolutely. Um, and then the, I think the one like non, outside of the rake one, which we love, the one where it was like, um, like the cashier takes everything literal. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking about the bank one. The bank oh, I one really love the bank one. The bank yeah. one. Yeah, let's do the bank one. Cause okay, um, go ahead. Let, let's go back to being in order. Um, so um, I think this is just what every customer service person wants to do with an annoying customer. And as someone who has worked like in a people or in multiple people facing roles, like in the service industry and in retail, like I related to it so hard and like, I loved it. I think this was also one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was fulfilling. <laughs> it was like, oh, absolutely! So then, at the same time, the the donut attendant, where this man has some like genie, like he does not have control over himself or anything you ask him, mm-hmm. he'll do it. It's like the customer's always right, mm-hmm. um, but like in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, that one. That one was like kind of funny. I like uh. I think the way that it escalated kind of made sense. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't like, I mean, personally, I just, even if it is like an older thing, I just don't like guns in shows, okay. you know? Yeah. So the very sort of like the button at the end, I was like, mm, like I kind of wanted it to escalate like on a smaller level and then mm-hmm. go big. Cause I, I'm pretty sure the first, um, around is like oh like can I have the keys to your car or something um so I guess what I'm trying to say is I kind of wanted like more of that escalation yeah um because because that's what I think personally um in like comedy and improv like that sort of where I find the most laughs is like how Mm -hmm. ridiculous you know can we make this yeah um and I feel like um again like this was 96 but going going from like like oh like oh like shoot me like I feel like that I feel like there's like a different turn of phrase that they maybe could have used that would have just been like a funnier button yeah like okay there was so much sexual tension in this sketch that her being been like oh fuck me could have been that would have been 
I yeah. would have loved that way more than the guy being like, oh, here's my gun from behind the counter. Run yeah. away. I wouldn't love, I mean, at the same time, though, if they did do that, I, we would be critiquing it for, like, um, sexual <laughs> assault jokes, you yeah. know? So it's, it's like, it's weird. I would love to watch with you, like, um, um, an all that Christmas special or something yeah. at the same time period that wasn't allowed to go crap. Like, you know, they had to stay in the kids' world to see, like, where humor was at the time or something. Yeah, because I feel like all of this humor is, like, very crass. And I feel mm-hmm. like all, all that just also had like a level of crassness to it, but, but like, yeah. and I feel like, I, and I think the reason why like mad TV, you know, resonated with both of us, you know, when in our respective views was because mm-hmm. of this level of crass that is in mad TV and also in um, shows that are meant for younger audiences. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I it's funny because I always felt as a kid that I was sneaking in to watch this, but honestly, I think I might have been their target their target audience. Was like little kids who thought they were older than they were or like 20-year-olds who thought they were smarter than they are. But they're yeah. they're enjoying the same material as like a 10-year-old and they're just like laughing in their um it, not in their dorm room but their apartment that's really close to campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're like, I'm 25. Um, I I love uh, cheap beer. It's Saturday night. I'm shirtless. I'm ordering a pizza. It's 1996. It's 1996. <laughs> I have a Rachel haircut, even though, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Who cares? Watching Mad TV. <laughs> yeah, I got my Rachel. Got my Rachel. Got my clap on. My lights clap on and clap off. I got my Chia Pet. <laughs> Okay, um, and then, okay, so we did donuts. We did the um, Billy Barty, Santa, and the bank situation. This is yeah. one of the things that I remember most out of this special, watching it live, was the Polly Shore. And I was shocked mm-hmm. when oh. I found the episode that it was the first season. Because I was like, I swear that I had already been watching this show for a few years when I remember seeing this. But no, mm-hmm. this is the first season. Polly Shore is declining at this time. He's not as popular. And... It's just a shame that, like, they couldn't get better guests. I mean, Polly Shore is great, but mm-hmm. for the Christmas special for Mad TV first season, they really needed something bigger than this. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because their main, one of their main producers of the show is Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. which is so weird to me that, like, Quincy Jones is this amazing musician, produced music producer, and they don't have any good musical guests. Or, like, I mean, the theme song is amazing, that mm-hmm. mad, uh, it's such a good Slaps. song. But Slaps. it's Yeah, it's so fun to sing. I had it in my head for 20 years. But, like, um, I don't know. Paul Shore is funny, but I don't think it was the move. Yeah, I don't think so either. And also, I, I was like, is he... Either he's very, very good at, like, acting drunk or he's actually drunk right now. Um, I think he told his whole story well, so I don't think he was drunk. Okay, okay. okay. Right? Because he went through it. He got to the end. Okay. I mean, because I, I don't know, maybe I was just noticing some, like, yeah. um, like slurring and whatnot. Yeah. Could have just been me. Um, no, I, I agree with you that he was behaving drunk i don't know if he was though but maybe he's such a professional that he can do his set it was the 90s he's probably on coke and (laughs) like 
Yeah. He's like, all right, time to do time to spit some lines and do some lines. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, um, but yeah, even though it was then, a few years late, it was still fine. Yeah. Um, oh, what did you feel about the subject matter though? Did you think it was a real story from his life? Did you think it was appropriate or what? Um, I, I, I probably think it was just knowing that in stand-up, um, mm-hmm. and like in comedy, but definitely stand-up, um, that things can be rooted in truth, but you are allowed to sort of like embellish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm again journalist, so I'm very much a comedian. And improv is also sort of based in this too, where like even if you have like a very silly, silly situation, you're sort of adhering to the rules of the world. So like mm-hmm. if this is true, what else is true? Okay. Um and in my stand-up, I really like to base um sort of my jokes off of like real life situations like I don't like to embellish too much okay um and that, so, is that is that influenced by your journalism yeah actually actually yeah um just because um I'm a I'm a I'm a horrible liar too um okay. so I think if I tried like telling people like a something that like is more dramatic than it actually is um they'd be like oh, this is fake. I have that same fear, definitely. And my, my life is so dramatic that I'm like, sometimes I will downplay real events because it's like, no one's going to believe this. Yeah. I need to lie because this is so yeah. crazy. No, um, I think uh, <laughs> like my humor is like, I literally was, <clears throat> I was um, workshopping. That was me like laughing, but also like dislodging a chunk of phlegm in my throat at the same time, by the way. Um, it's election season. <laughs> it's election season. Um, I literally, like, my kind of humor is, like, I was working on a joke where the premise was, because um, I love conspiracy theories, um, uh, the premise was um, Jimmy Hoffa, famed uh, American mobster, um, actually is still alive. I mean, he might be dead now, but he, like, founded the Olive Garden. Like that's that's like my humor. You're in my brain. Literally <laughs> last week I was saying to somebody, if the mob doesn't own the Olive Garden, they fucked up. Oh, absolutely. Royally. Like if it if it isn't owned by the mob, they fucked, fucked up. up. Like, oh my god. All that so, money. All that money at the Olive Garden. <laughs> Sponsor the mob. Find a mobster. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back to Mad TV. Um back Brian TV. and Phil. Um, we love em- mm-hmm. embroidering. We love repression. Um, I feel like Phil Lamar wrote this also. Yeah. Like very, this was good. I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, little, little complaints because we, we all do this. We're, we're all like, oh, like it's fine, you know, whatever. And we just repress and repress and repress. And then it's like, oh, like my life is now an episode of Forensic Files because um, instead of like talking to my therapist or writing things down in my diary, I just let all of this internal tension build up until I'm sitting at a stoplight and I'm yelling at the traffic light to go green, you know, all that stupid shit. Uh Uh-huh. 
Oh my God, that's me. <laughs> a big reason why I stopped driving was because I was getting increasingly angrier and angrier about little things. Um, but yeah, I think that this sketch and the Polly Shore one and the reindeer one all just go to this theme of like Mad TV is sick of the lie that TV presents as Christmas, I think. And this mm-hmm. was just like a big jab to the season and to like this fake thing because um, the 90s were still very much the 50s when it came to television. Mm-hmm. Everything was hunky dory on TV, everything was perfect with a bow. Like, so this was very radical at the time. For them to be anti Christmas to this degree mm-hmm. and to show like the frustration of the parents in the opening scene with the hobby oh, horse. Yeah, I, we didn't touch about that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we went right, right over that. Um, I, did you think that was funny, the hobby um, horse? I, I don't know. Um, I wrote down the drinking. Okay, toxic masculinity. Just get a divorce. Um, right. At least the horse is working now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although I think, I definitely think it's definitely, I feel like it's comedy was more in its relatability. Like I remember mm-hmm. when I was younger, I wanted this, coincidentally enough, it was this little horse toy and every other like kid wanted it in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And my dad literally went to a Toys R Us and like got my toy like off of like a loading dock, like from a truck. Oh my like, God. Toy- Toys R Us was like, come here. And <laughs> dad text me if I'm uh, telling the story wrong, but this is just from what I believe. Um, but yeah, like Toys R Us was like, yo, dude, you want this? <laughs> this time, this place, you got it. That's amazing. Um, I know, but it was literally like an incredible toy. Like it was like a horse stall and you could yeah. pour water on the stones and then push a little button on a barrel and it had a hose and you could like wash your horse, like your plastic oh horse. It had like a magnetic carrot that like stuck to the horse's nose best toy ever i still remember it it to this day so i pretty so to go back to the sketch like i feel like it touches on like the things that parents do to like maintain this um really really this pretty much it's perfect facade of christmas you know like you don't want to disappoint your kids yeah and you end up uprooting your life and your emotional security (laughs) um so pretty much moral of this story is if you have to put something together um call ikea call toys r us and just be like listen like send one of your technicians over to like build this hobby horse i'm dying over here it did look I love the way that they printed that practical prop of the instructions. Was that, oh, so funny? that was a good. That joke. was so good. I loved. I loved the big instructions because yeah. we've we've all also gotten instructions where it's like, what what is this? It was beautiful. And then I thought that Mary Shear is she's the wife in that scene, mm-hmm. and she's one of my favorite people to come out of Mad TV, not because of her work after the show, but honestly, because of her work on the show, she's one of my most quoted to this day. I'm always saying, um, I'm Dixie Wentzworth. You <laughs> like, I like. Oh, poor boy. I love Dixie Wentzworth. I love Mary Shear. 
and she really played a strong role in the smokers lounge yes Yes. oh Mm -hmm. my goodness literally um i wrote down woman with the husky voice is me she's an icon i love her i would die for her and then i also wrote i also remember drinking in bars um if she if she has to switch to vaping she definitely if she's jeweling she's definitely like huffing on a virginia tobacco jewel pod she does not roll with menthols menthols are for children do they have Um, like virginia slim pods oh my god (laughs) oh no um if 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 they still had if they still had flavors she'd be like oh she would like just um vape all of the aggressively aggressive flavors um or she would have like a big box vape i feel like like if this Mm. character had to vape like just the most because cigarettes are bad um but i feel like she would just have the most iconic vaping problem um no i really have one of those rolling smoke chambers (laughs) billow in the restaurant oh my god um is she playing the devil or is she just playing a normal american (laughs) i don't know i really i really really loved this character though um um and her power to like offer cigarettes and then make people relapse on their drinking problems. <laughs> that job was kind of dark. Um, yeah. And then Nicole, <laughs> Sullivan, Nicole Sullivan coming in and being like, I can't deal with this anymore. Get out. And then it sort of starts the same shtick again where um, Mary shares like cigarette and Nicole uh-huh. Sullivan's like, yeah. Uh huh. I, I love that. One. I love it. I love that she's single-handedly destroying the nuclear family and like cis couples. I like to think of her doing this like every night. Like she's mm-hmm. broken up thousands of marriages. I would have liked it, and it doesn't need to be. But like, if um, if she would have kissed um, Artie Lang, mm-hmm. and if she would have also hit on. Nicole Sullivan. I would have loved for this devil character to also bring in like some sexuality that she's like also fucking everyone Mm -hmm. that she's ruining their lives of. Like she has a raspy voice, you know, she's rocking an entire outfit from Baskov's. Like she's (laughs) she's smoking her like Virginia Slims. Um, and she is tearing up your life. It's weird too because her voice is um a joke but it's also very realistic. It's like mm-hmm. not too far away from reality. Like I've heard that kind of voice before. Oh, it's absolutely. not completely a joke. It is, there is some reality there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, love that joke. Love love that little sketch. Um, and then I think we also, oh, uh, we also skipped over Spy versus Spy. It's just oh, some did. shenanigans. Honestly, um, there was, I think I also wrote this down in my notes, like a spy versus spy sketch came on and I like was watching the episode on my computer and I like looked at my phone quickly and then yeah. I looked up and the sketch was over and I was like, oh shoot, I need to go back and rewind and yeah. watch this all over again. Cause it's also like, it doesn't have any dialogue. It's just like car- cartoon, it's just... like Wiley Coyote stuff, you know, excuse me. Like right. I, I it you know we spy versus spy like is iconic in itself you know right so yeah 
No complaints. I um, I I grew up like going to the Goodwills and um, getting old Mad magazines. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, uh, okay, like I remember in fourth grade, I was so cool because I stole a pack of lighters and Mad magazines from Kmart. Mm-hmm. and like was passing them out i was like oh mario's got the lighters and the mad magazines i'm like yeah i do let's burn some shit later <laughs> um, so so when mad magazine came out i mean when mad tv came out i feel like um they were really targeting me and i'm glad that they kept the elements of the um, magazine in the show of these mm-hmm. like little sketches um, but it is weird, and it kind of does admit that this show is targeted to front to like twelve to twenty two year olds. Like yeah. it is trying to hit children and adult men who are losers, <laughs> who may happen to be losers. Who may happen Let's say to it politically be. correct. You could you could be a cool dude and watch Matt TV. Just like uh, I feel like. Sure. I feel like I've come across, I, I don't know if you have, like, there are dudes who would, like, still quote Spongebob, you know what I mean? And this is not, oh, like, Spongebob, iconic show, iconic show. I don't no. have a problem with you being, like, 32 <laughs> and quoting Spongebob. But it's also, like, it's it's that same thing. And I feel like a lot yeah. of children's programming does this, where it's, like, if you're a parent, and, and especially in the 90s, like, they're there are tons of YouTube videos of like double entendres you missed in this children's program. Oh um, yeah. Cause it's like, and, and I think sort of that's the beauty of like, you know, nineties children's programming is that like stuff goes over your head. Um, right. But it's, it's still enjoyable for like older audiences and it kind of like, as you grow up, like you can still enjoy it. And we do. We grew up, and we're still enjoying this. And we're still enjoying uh, um, it. We're still enjoying it. Did you ever watch the um the Mad TV show that came out a few years ago that was targeted towards like twelve like actual teenagers? Oh, it was on Cartoon Network, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I I am trying to remember. I do remember watching it, but I can't. I only. I think I literally only remember like revamped Spy versus Spy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do I, remember that. I've never seen that one. I don't know. Oh my gosh! I finally found it. I finally found the person who made um, Rudolph, and the reason why I couldn't find it in my notes is because I thought that his name was something else. His name is Corky Quakenbush. Q U A K E N B U S H. Corky Quakenbush. Okay, that. Oh. That's a free drag name. That's a drag name. That should not be free. You should have to pay a lot of money to get that one. That's like oh, top absolutely. tier, Isaac. Oh my God. Damn. Uh, yeah, he's just inspired. I don't know how he has this much time to make these freaking claymation things on his own, Quirky but he does. Quakenbush. And um, yeah, there's like sequels to this, like Mad TV Raging Rudolph 2 and like Christmas things. So next time I have you on, we're gonna have to like look through all of Corky Quake and Bush's um his, what's the his, word? This, uh, cinematography. No, that's just his, like the art. Um oh yeah, his discotography. Yeah, like the like the um the, the like the TV and movie version of discography. 
yeah, please don't write in and let us know the word because we're just having a brain freeze. Don't be that kind of audience, okay? We don't need that. Just have fun with us. Have, oh, but for oh real though, if you do want to call in, um, I do have a dedicated hotline. It's 134 Princess. You can call in. Um, I often answer the phone. So um, you can just talk to me directly. Or if I don't answer, leave a message and maybe your question or idea or something will make its way onto this program. Um, did you have anything today, Amanda, that you wanted to plug or any charities or anything that you wanted to send attention to? Um, hmm. Um, personally, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. The at is readcat, R-E-E-D-K-A-T underscore. Wait, say that one more time. Say that one more time. R-E-E-D-K-A-T underscore. Cool. It's my brand. Um, but (laughs) charity wise, um, I, um, just sort of any, um, you know, uh, community fund, you know, regardless of what happens, we're filming this around election time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, regardless of what happens, like we're going to need a lot of mutual aid. Um, yes. and then in Lancaster County, um, Pennsylvania, my hometown, there's a mm-hmm. very lovely, um, music nonprofit called music for everyone. Uh, okay. I interned for them. Is way, it a way, four or a F-O-R? Um, F-O-R, music okay. for everyone. Okay. Um, I'll spell it out. Um, and they uh, provide musical instruments to schools. Um, and growing up, um, my music programs in elementary school, all the way to high school, and even through college, um, I've always sort of been like a very musical person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I feel like in school district budget cuts, they're like, oh, music, bye, we're focusing on sports. And I'm like, no thanks. Um, I can't run. I- I'm the girl that walks the mile, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh huh. I like run one lap and then I like walk half a lap. And then I'm like, let me try again. And then I give up. Um, so yeah, no, I have, music has been like a huge part of my life. Um, so definitely- I have a question for you then. I know we're, I when we're yeah. ending this interview, but do you do any parody songs or do you write comedy No, um, I don't write music. Um, uh, in college, I was in a women's choir and an acapella group. Um, hey. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> um, but- um, I have a ukulele. I know how to play the bass. So if you're looking yeah. for like a like a punk, like a punk rock band, I I'm a girl. Am. Um, and I've been really wanting to get into guitar. Like I just want to sing like some Phoebe Bridgers oh. or some Mitski or like some old Dolly Parton. Um, Dixie the Chicks. I mean, they changed their name. Um, just like. Uh, plenty of chick songs um yeah so ooh, and okay. then there's i don't know if you have seen this on um tiktok but there's this thing called the automaton um and it looks like a little music note and it yes. has a mouth and then it has yeah. like um like a little sensor that you like slide your finger up and down i think that those are so cute i don't know i'm they're like half practical, but I still want one just to like look it in its little face and like 
make noise. Oh yeah, and just kiss it once in a while. Oh yeah, because we're in quarantine. We're not getting kissed. No. Okay, I have one last thing for you today. Yeah. It is um. Two commercials. Can you see this? Yes, I can. Awesome. Got it. Um, since you said acapella, this was on God. my short list of um, Christmas songs that I love. I thought I would do this with you today. Um, that's something I want to do on more episodes is, is uh, watch a classic commercial together. So we're going to watch two. It's going to be minute 30, okay. and then we'll talk about it right afterwards. Okay. Here we are. There are mornings we remember when we gather each December. I'm not gonna lie, this really hits. Folgers warm in each one of my favorite songs of all time. Doing its part. When the world's all cloaked in white, to seek the perfect sight, but the tree we love so much was too beautiful to touch. To touch. So we left it For those of you who can't see this at home, Amanda just lost control of dancing a storm. I am vibing. Oh my god. <laughs> so what's happening is um, a a group of white acapella singers um, all decide to cut down a tree for Christmas, as you do. But when they get to the tree, they realize it's too beautiful to cut down. So instead, they put all their winter clothing on it and decide to share it with the world over a nice cup of Folgers coffee, of course. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. Because here's the thing. I am such and I think that's the reason why I love the NSYNC holiday album. It's because I love this just like very, like it's a lot of harmony, you know? And yeah. like like boys to men. Oh, I love boys to men. How can you not love boys to men? End of the road, oh great. Gosh. Oh my goodness. Um, so I just really, really love that, that very full sound, you know? Again, oh, yeah. acapella kids, like you can't, it's, Exactly. It's, it's my a jam. Thing. It's a special thing. It's a special thing. Um, like I'm getting brought back to I'm um, sitting in the college library and just listening to like other collegiate acapella groups and just being like, Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I don't. <laughs> how I don't, are we gonna make this? How are we gonna make this? Um, no, but um. I don't really listen to much acapella now, um, but like- What about if, the famous ones? Those two that are so famous. They work with like everyone. Like they blew up in acapella. Like a oh, um, uh, what is it? Pentatonics? Yeah, that's it. Um, not really. Um, Cause again, like I really only listened to them in like high school when I was, yeah. they got really, really famous um, from the sing-off which was this like reality television acapella show which i loved by mm -hmm. the way i i could write a whole thesis on that show um tldr did you, know did you know that they were not like a uh, trained acapella group when they won they were doing it they were like oh, let's yeah, yeah. do this they were they were just That's like so crazy yeah um which i could like we can do it right um they were like we're all friends we can sing we got this and then they won yeah. the whole 
they won the whole thing. Now they're touring everywhere and just living life. Living life. Yeah, anyway, with like Dolly Parton in their DMs. Like, what the fuck? Right? Oh my goodness. Iconic. Okay, let me go back and watch the second um, part of this. Yes, part two. George Lucas oh. remastered this version. Oh, okay. Just kidding. No, I'm so gullible. <laughs> you can tell me anything. The world's all cloaked in white. Waking up to seek the perfect sight. Folgers warm in each heart. Mountain girl aroma doing its part. But the tree we love so much was too beautiful to touch. So we left it there for everyone to share. Oh, this is good. I'm like, so glad. I'm I'm a sucker for like, especially again, like going back to the sing off. <laughs> like there was one group, and the reason why I only remember this group because like they all wore blazers when they performed. Um, I think it was the maybe the Yale Beelzebubs, I think, don't, I could be, again, this is channeling years old knowledge, but like mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. sang in blazers and young me was like, yep, I'm straight. <laughs> I love men, I love men, I love men. I love men. Men, and now I'm like cursed for life. I like watch a TikTok where it's just like, um, any dude, with a guitar, with a sense of humor. And he like, is just absolute, like beefcake goofball, himbo man. And I'm like, oh, let me follow you on Instagram. Yeah, I love himbos. I love shimbos. I thembos? love thembos. Thembos. Wombos. Thembos, thembos. Dry bones. Well, I don't know. What do you think about the Folgers commercials, though? Really? You love them? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I love coffee. Um, yeah. uh, honestly, very great commercial jingle writing. Because, oh my God. You know, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Uh, ask me if I can remember any other jingle. I'm also not warmed up, by the way. So, I mean, you know. Not my Don't best. Worry. Oh my gosh. The last episode, I was doing Paul Lind impersonations, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and when I listened to it, it was like a bad Joan Rivers. It was not even close to Paul Lind. <laughs> but luckily, my guest was killing it. So I was like, oh, you're doing Paul Lind. Maybe I'll just cut all of mine out and yeah. just leave yours in. Well, yeah. Amanda, thank you so much for meeting with me today. Oh my God. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And maybe I can have you back like next season or in a couple episodes or something to do like all of that or SNL Christmas or something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Just send awesome. me the calendar link, date and yes. time. We'll figure it out. I'm in. And on, another thing too, it's like, okay. So Amanda said earlier that we, when we last saw each other, it was at 5 a.m. Like, most people would be so upset about like a 5 a.m. call time, but I was so happy because it made me feel like a real celebrity. I put that on my calendar right away. I was like, oh, you're going to be up at four in makeup and you're going to have to be at this location and this location. It really gave me a taste of celebrity, especially during the pandemic. So like 
if you ever need me at like early early morning i love it i feel like i'm on good morning america i'm like let's go let's do this oh my god what about the concept of just like an like snl but at like 6 a.m i feel like like starting your day off with some laughs perfect it would be the best part of waking up yeah some giggles in your cup some giggles in your cup <laughs> well yeah thank you again amanda it's been nice to um like get to know you over this year and have you part of my world and my lovely circle so thank you at home for watching or listening to christmas jafar's christmas is canceled perfect oh my goodness this is awesome oh, thank you so. so much i hope it can help you start your day right and i'm gonna eat some breakfast yeah i'm gonna look at my work Oh I'm not God. missing any emails. <laughs> okay, well, I love you. Thank you so All right, much. love you. Bye. Another Princess Jafar online production.